Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Ashley Hollis. Then we move to Proverbs 13, 4. It says, a sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. You know, this series when Elijah said Proverbs by Drake, I was like, okay, like I could like that. I mean, it's like fun. It's very pulling in what's happening in the world. But I am obsessed with Proverbs. Proverbs is such wisdom. It's everyday wisdom. It's these lines that you can take. And I feel like if you're like me, I love the little memes on social media. Like I save all the backgrounds and everything. So I'm like inspirational. I feel like that's every line of Proverbs is that. It's just inspiration. And so this series, as I've been praying through today's sermon, and as God's just been working through me on this, I hope that this is a Monday morning message for you. I hope that this is a message that you can take into tomorrow. I think that that's what this whole series is. It's so practical. It's practical wisdom, but it's going to shape your life if you carry it into Monday morning. It can't stay here. It can't stay on a Sunday. It has to go into Monday and change your workplace, change your life, change your family. Amen? So today... I brought a seesaw up here with me, and I'm a very visual person. Hold on, let me get this over without spilling my coffee. I'm a very visual person, and so what I want to talk to you today about is I want to talk to you about work and faith. Work and faith, because I think that these are the two ends of the spectrum that a lot of people live on. I think that um, we have some people live over here. And it's all work. And it's all work. And it's focusing on what oh, what can I do? What's next? How do I do it? Where do I go? What is next? And then we have some people who live on the other side and we just wait. Just I just have faith. I just have faith that it's gonna happen. God's just gonna provide. I'm just gonna sit. And we have these two ends of the spectrum that we find people living in. Work and faith. Where's Allie and Alondra? Are you guys? Yes, Allie and Alondra, come up here to seesaw with me. We, um, you guys, earlier I got this seesaw out and I was gonna have Doc and Barry seesaw when I got on here. And they're like, what are we supposed to do, Ashley? This is so awkward. I was like, okay. So here's here's how we, we view it. We have work and we have faith. And if you guys just wanna go ahead and seesaw, this will just be a good workout for you. <laughs> Sunday morning exercise. Doesn't it kind of bring you back to recess? A bit. Yeah, I feel like this is so fun. <laughs> Seesaw is my favorite. We have work and we have faith. And we find ourselves living in these two different ends of the spectrum. And I don't know where you find yourself. So, Alondra, you stay down for a hot second. We have those of us who are, like I said, focused on work. And we're focused on where we're going and what we're going to do. And then we flip over here and we have Allie come down. And we have faith. And we just sit and we aren't doing work. We aren't going to do anything about it. We're just going to sit and we're going to believe. Okay, you guys can get off if you want. Thank you so much for seesawing with me. You can take a break, yes. Do you want to keep seesawing? No, you guys sit down here. I'm going to need you again in a minute. Come sit over here. But we seesaw 
this work and faith. You know, I, um, for those of you who may not know, Elijah and I were the pastors here at Change. We also own a creative agency. And so in our creative agency, we get to work with incredible clients. We have an absolute blast. We get to tell new stories every day, and we love it. But I have a lot of people that ask us, wow, so what's that like? Like you pastor on a Sunday, and then you're like working a secular job during the week. Like, are you're like, and it's this whole thing in the pastor world, like bivocational, and wow, what's happening? And I think that far too often, we separate things as secular and sacred, rather than sacred and sin. And I would propose to you that your job, your work, whatever you're doing all week, is just simply a rhythm between work and faith. It's having faith that God's going to move, and it's saying, what do I need to do to see that happen? And then we go back and we say, okay, God, how are you going to move in my workplace today? How are you going to move in my family today? Wherever I've been positioned, whatever I've been called to do, how are you going to move? And then it's coming back here. You see, a seesaw is going back and forth. Seesaws are, and you'll hear me say this a million times over here in this church, it's not about balance, it's about rhythm. It's not, see, a seesaw would be very boring if Allie and Alondra sat in balance. That's not the design of a seesaw. The design of a seesaw is to be in rhythm, is to come up and go down, come up and go down. And I want to read to you a scripture and I want you to go with me, if you will, to James 2, 18 through 24. James 2, 18 to 24. And it, it's talking all about faith and work. And, and I love this scripture. I love when he's talking. And it starts in verse 18. It says, but someone will say, you have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. And I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac at the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does, not by his faith alone. As I was reading this and I was praying, just diving into the scripture because we have, you know, and then you go into the New Testament as well. And they talk about how we're justified by our faith. But then James talks about faith without works. And what does this look like? And what is this really about? Can I propose to you this, that if you have real faith, then your world will see real works. If you have real faith, your world will see real works. And I say your world because I don't know where you find yourself working. I've worked a lot of different things in my life. I worked at Starbucks. Um, that was only for a couple weeks and I got pregnant with Zion and went on bed rest, so that was fun. Um, so I worked at Starbucks and then I was a stay-at-home mom and I loved that. Now I run a creative agency. I love that. I've been in full-time ministry. I love that. I worked a whole lot of different areas. I found myself on Monday mornings waking up to a whole lot of different things. 
every season has been different. And that's why I say your world, because if you're a stay-at-home mom, then you're working your faith with your family. If you're a business owner or a business leader, you're working your faith with your employees. If, if maybe you are an employee and you're working your faith with your coworkers. And so I would ask to you, what would it look like if you had real faith and real works? Everywhere you walked, on a Monday morning, on a Wednesday afternoon meeting, on a Friday when you're ready to get out of work, what would that look like when you walk the faith and works? When you do the rhythm and you walk through this? You know, I, um, as I was studying this, thinking through, the seesaw, thinking through, God, what do you really want to challenge us with? You know, I don't think it's bad to, to talk about excellence. I'm all about excellence. If, if you know anything about me, I'm like, how can we make it better? What can we do? And I think that's where sometimes we find ourselves over here. And we work and we work. And then we go over here and we have faith and we have faith. And we don't have the rhythm. And so what I want to propose to you today is simply four keys to godly work. I actually, when I was writing this funny story, you know how you go to an inspirational speak and they're speaking and they're like, these are seven keys to become a great leader. I was like, what would it be if we had four ways we could do godly work while having faith? And so I want, I want you to jot these down, if you will. The first thing is you need to work to know who you work for. How do we keep the work and faith rhythm? How do we keep that going when life gets crazy? Does anyone else have your weeks get crazy? Do you ever feel like your day gets hijacked sometimes? Like, like sometimes I feel like I wake up and my email inbox is already attacking me. Like I'm like, this is not even fair. How do you keep godly work when you're in the midst of that? How do you keep the work in faith? Because sometimes this is what calls for your attention. And we have appointments and we have reminders and we have calendar invites and we have Zoom calls and we have you know children that need different things and they need to eat and then they need a nap and we have all these different things that we're working at. How do you have that godly work, that rhythm of faith and work in the midst of everything? I would propose to you that you work to know who you're working for. Your work is not for your boss. Your work is not for your future. We hear this all the time, work as unto the Lord. What would it be if you set those reminders in your calendar to spend that time with God? What would it be if you had your own appointment with the king? What would it be like if you put that in your calendar? Because I think that sometimes we treat this work as there's the invites and there's the reminders and there's all these things. And then the faith sometimes we don't want to put it in that box and we want to just just let this happen and we just want to feel it and we just want to wait can i recommend to you maybe you need to put some reminders in your calendar to spend time with god maybe you need to set aside some time in the midst of your busy week in the midst of everything that you're pursuing because i tell you what if you're any sort of i don't even know how to say this if you have any vision for the future when, when, as a mom, as a business leader, as a pastor, in every respect of my life, I have a vision for where I'm going. 
I am so thrilled with what God's going to do in this church in the next year. I am ecstatic about doors that God's opening up in our creative agency. I can't wait to see what my kids are going to be. The other day, actually, um, Friday, picked up our kids from school, and they came home, and I was, like, celebrating. I had this large client campaign that I had to get rolling, and it had been, like, hours and hours and all late nights, and Friday, everything went live, everything worked, and I was like, whew, and I sat down in the car, and I was like, you know, Zion's like, mommy, how was your day? I was like, baby, I am so excited. I was like, mommy's campaign went live, everything worked, there were no glitches, I am excited. I said, what about you? What were you so excited about? I'm going to cry. He goes, mommy, today, this was Thursday, I think, actually, was mommy, today, do you want to know what I did? I was like, yes, tell me what you did today. He said, we had chapel at school, and I stood up and prayed in front of the whole chapel. And I said, sign danger. I was like, you did? I said, now, did they pick you? He said, no. They said, Pastor uh, Daryl, I think was his name. Pastor Daryl said, who wants to pray over chapel? And I raised my hand and said, I'd like to pray. And I was like, Zion, that blesses me because I have a vision for where my kids are going to be someday. I have a vision for where my company's going to be. I have a vision for that. But it is so crucial in this work and faith rhythm. It's so crucial for me to take time on the regular and say, God, am I still going in the right direction? God, am I still pursuing what you have for me to pursue? Maybe you're in college and you've set up your major and you have it all ready. And you, man, you've got the next 10 years of your life planned out. You know where you're going to work. You know what you're going to do. You know when you're going to graduate. You know everything. And you take those moments and you say, God, am I still chasing after you? Am I going in the direction you want me to? God, where do you want me to go next? What do you want me to do next? Get to know who you work for. Get to know what he wants you to do. Number two, I would encourage you to work to create out of what you have. Work to create out of what you have. You know, oftentimes, um, I hear it spoken about a lot that work it has come to us because of the fall, and we read back in Genesis, and it's like, you know, the sweat on your brow, and we believe. But can I tell you, I, I would have to beg to differ with that, because in Genesis 1, we serve a God who works. We serve a God who creates. And before the fall ever happened, he said to Adam, go and care for the garden. Later in the Bible, and in the New Testament, when we're talking about heaven, God actually positions heaven as cities. And those who are faithful will be leaders of cities. Work is not a punishment. Work is an opportunity to reflect your creator. And if we could go into work with that outlook, if you could look through those lens, I use the example all the time, you know, whenever you look through sunglasses, like when my kids put on sunglasses and they're like, whoa, the whole world's purple. I'm like, we have purple sunglasses on. Or they're like, oh, everything turned yellow because you're looking through the lenses. What lens are you looking through your work at? What lens are you looking through? You know, when, when my kids were little, people were always like, oh, just wait. Oh, you'll survive. Oh, it'll be good. Can I tell you that work is an opportunity? It's an opportunity. If you own a company, it's an opportunity to rep represent your creator well to your employees, to your team members, to your coworkers. 
Some of us walk in daily with coworkers who are never going to experience the faith until we shift our mindset on work and what it is. And, and personally, you know, I wrote this down. Work to create out of what you have and see how God demonstrates work for us. God works and creates out of nothing. And personally, now this is this is not biblical. Just remove that right now. This is a personal thing. I have a really hard time when people are negative. This is just probably, uh, people say all the time I'm like extremely positive. I am. I think your outlook controls a lot of your future. I think that it controls a lot of how you're going to see things and where you're going to go. And so the hardest thing for me is when people come in and they're like, oh, we can't do anything here. Oh, well, if you saw my work, Ashley, like where I have to walk into on a Monday, well, if you had to work with this team member, listen, I need you to understand, I've had to work with those team members before. I have. And I've had to walk into those workplaces on a Monday morning before. I've had those different circumstances. But what are you creating with what you have? Looking around, I think God set the most beautiful picture for us, and maybe this is also my entrepreneurial spirit coming out in me, but I love to look around and say, what could we do with this? All these puzzle pieces, all this mess that we have, I, I am thrilled. Like every year when something happens and we've had a crazy situation or we've walked through something crazy, when I come around to the next year, I love to see what God's done. I love to see how he's created out of nothing, starting from the bottom. Talk about Drake's song, Start From The Bottom. God showed up on the scene and there's nothing, like separating dark from light. And now I'm gonna create the water and the land. He didn't look at the void and say, well, this is a disaster, bummer. I mean, can you imagine? Actually, it is very funny. I sometimes put myself in that situation. Like, what if God talked like us? Like, oh, wow, this stinks. What am I going to do with this? You know? And sometimes, though, aren't we guilty of that? Are you ever guilty of that? You walk in, you're like, what is this? Like, I'm going to have to make sense of this. Or I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do with that person. Or I'm going to have to figure out how to handle this team member, client, whatever it may be. I would ask you, what if your work and faith were a rhythm? What if when you were working, you were saying, God, what do you want to do here? God, what do you want to do in this place? God, what opportunities are you opening up? Are you praying for open doors and closed doors? Sometimes Elijah and I pray for closed doors just as much as we do for open doors. Because I want to walk through the right doors, and I don't want to have to try to figure it out. And those closed doors are annoying. Sometimes the closed doors feel like you got your fingers pinched in. Anyone ever felt that? It's like, no, I was looking for that one. And my hand got slammed in it. But it's a closed door. And God has other open doors for us to walk through. The third thing is work to know when to move. I want to read to you a scripture in 1 Samuel 14, verses 16 to 19. And in this, we find Jonathan and we find Saul and it's in the midst of all the conquests and the battles of Israel, which I think is just, it's an incredible stories in the Bible. It's when you really read through the Old Testament, not knowing the ending, it's amazing 
what God does. But in 1 Samuel 14, verses 16 through 19, we find them here, and Jonathan's like, okay, to his armor bearer, hey, let's go up. They're fighting against the Philistines. He's like, let's go up there, and if they say, come to us, we will know that God has delivered them into our hands. And if they say, well, come down there, we'll know, whatever. And so, you know how they always walk through this? And they have the priests who are praying before they go into battle with the Ark of the Covenant. Because this is where, before the curtain was torn, before Jesus was offered as the ultimate sacrifice for you and I, before all of that, the Ark of the Covenant is, is God's presence. It's, it's the Ten Commandments. It's what was carried into battle before. It's what we were... Like, they would seek God's presence before they went into battle. And so, we pick this story up in verse 16, and it says, Saul's lookouts at Gibeah and Benjamin saw the army melting away in all directions. Then Saul said to the men who were with him, Muster the forces and see who has left us. When they did, it was Jonathan and his armor bearer who were not there. Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the ark of God. At this time, it was with the Israelites. While Saul was talking to the priest, the tumult in the Philistine camp increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. Withdraw your hand. And Saul and his men assembled and went into battle. Withdraw your hand. I think one of the biggest things we can do in our work is to work to know when to move. When are you supposed to move? When are you supposed to pursue that? When are you supposed to make a shift? Have you ever made a shift in your life? For Elijah and I, it was almost three years ago now, it'll be three years ago in October, that we stepped away from youth ministry and stepped out to pursue launching change. We spent a year serving the city and then we launched this church two years ago. And in that time, it was working to know God, when is this not just an idea? When do we move on it? What are we supposed to do? And can I be very honest with you? Some things about the transition didn't go as planned. You, do you ever um, make your own plans and think it's going to go one way? And then you're like, wow, okay, what are we going to do now? That's one of those closed doors that I'm talking about, the open doors and the closed doors. Maybe you're like, I'm going to get in these classes. I'm going to pursue this major. And then God shifts you. Maybe you're like, I'm going to play college sports and I'm going to do this. And then I know this happened to my dad. My dad was playing college basketball and he was like, did not want to do anything in the ministry. No plans. He actually went to a Christian college because they would give him a full scholarship and had a great team. So he was like, perfect. I'll go there. And he ended up breaking, I believe it was his leg or did something to his knee. And he couldn't play. They said, you'll never play college ball again. And that's when God intervened rocked him. He became a pastor. My dad launched like eight churches in Kansas City. He oversaw all of church planting for the Kansas district. Phenomenal the impact he made. But I wonder how it is when some of us say, when do we move and when do we wait? What about in those moments when things don't go perfectly as planned, but you follow God's will? You see, when Elijah and I were transitioning and when it, it um, Whenever we transition and when we were like, okay, you know, we had this two, three, four year plan and we're like, okay, we're going to do this and then we're going to do that. And it's all these different things. And I remember when we were like, okay, we're going to launch this church like now. So what are we going to do? 
And we sat, but you know what? Can I be honest with you? There was not a doubt in our mind. Was it hard at times? Yeah. Yeah, our, we didn't have a company that was profitable. So now it like makes sense. Helm had done nothing. We didn't have a launch team. We didn't have a venue to meet in. When we launched out to do change in Helm, it was like a God idea at the very least, okay? And we set out, but you know what? Even when open doors came and we ran through them, and when closed doors came and we were like, okay, God, you're gonna go a different way. You know why we never wavered? I can honestly stand before you and say, we have never wondered, God, what did we get ourselves into? God, what are we doing? Never wondered that. You wanna know why? Because we worked to know when to move. And we knew that we moved in the timing God had. And our plan was years, years in the making. Can I tell you, we would have missed out on valuable relationships had it not happened when it did. We would have missed out on people that we've got to connect with, on venues we got to meet in, different things, because we work to know when to move. And the fourth thing is work to guard your Sabbath. Work to guard your Sabbath. I think that, you know, we talk about seasons all the time. There's a season for this and a season for that. There's a season for planting and a season for reaping. There's a season for mourning and a season for joy. There's a season for everything. But Elijah and I were talking the other day. He's like, the only season that there's never a season for is quitting. There's never a season to quit. And so if we're going to make it through this life and we're going to go through, you know, whether you're in middle school and high school and then you're going to, you're like, when I get to college, I'll have a break. I'll have time to do my own thing. I'll be able to handle my own schedule. And then college students, I'm sure you can attest to this, you get like 27 page papers assigned to you for the next day and you're like, whoo. And then you get to college and you're like, it's okay. I can't breathe right now, but man, when I get a job, when I'm just working during the day, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna have all my nights. I'm gonna have my weekends, blah, blah, blah. And then you grow up and then you may have kids and you're like, Okay, now I don't have that time. Well, when my kids grow up, then I'm going to, and it's always a season of nets, nets. Can I tell you, life will always be crazy in the best way possible. Please take that amazing. Please do not take that negative. I thrive on life being crazy. Because if life weren't crazy, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you pursuing? What are you going after? Whose lives are you pouring into? I mean, people tell me all the time, you need sleep. I'm like, no, I need caffeine. Like, if we can get a caffeine IV drip, game on. Like, it will be so amazing. But I would propose to you this. In every season that you're walking through, wherever you find yourself now, you need to set aside a Sabbath. You need to set aside a Sabbath. A Sabbath is simply a shift from the ordinary. Pastor Chris Hodges, when we were launching the church with art, he said one of the most profound things to me because I personally had a very hard time taking a Sabbath. I love to be on the go and I thrive on people. So I'm just always like, if I can be with people and be on the go and Elijah and the kids are the same way. So we're all just very like, I mean, my kids are like, who's coming over for dinner tonight? I'm like, nobody. Yeah, we're just going to chill. They're like, like, because we're just so, they love hosting, they love having people over. And, but I, I had a hard time taking a Sabbath, and I couldn't figure out why. I, I was like, why 
why am I having such a hard time? And I want to rest in my mind, in theory, I've set a day aside. Why can I not do this? And Pastor Chris Hodges said this, and it has stuck with me for these years, and it's been life-changing. He said, if you work with your hands, rest with your mind. But if you work with your mind, rest with your hands. And it was very profound to me, and it, I hope that it's as profound for you. But a Sabbath is a change of pace. It's a change of the ordinary. Being in the creative world, being in the church planting world, my life is digital. I live in the digital world. I Actually, this is a totally side note, but have you ever seen the movie um, The Great Hack? It's all about digital and everything. In the, like, that is my life. Digital and social media and creative and video and what can we do next? And because that's my life, I choose for my Sabbath to be outside. My Sabbath is sitting on the roof. My Sabbath is sitting at a picnic table with my kids in the park. My Sabbath is when the kids go and we're doing this bike ride down in Fairmount Park. That's what my Sabbath is. Does it mean it's a full 24-hour day? Man, you might be looking at your weeks right now, and some of you might actually be getting anxiety because you're looking through your calendar, and I'm like, when am I going to have a full Sabbath? When am I going to have a full day? Can I tell you, start where you can. Start with where you're at. What can your Sabbath look like? Can it be a Friday evening for a couple hours? Could it be a Sunday afternoon? What can your Sabbath look like where you change your pace, where you change your rhythm? Right, girls, come back up here really quick because we're getting ready to end. And as we get in this life and we just begin to have this rhythm of work and faith, and we begin to work on a Monday, and we're saying, God, what do you want to do in my coworker's life? You want to speak to Jim? Well, you want me to encourage John? Okay. And then you begin to do that. And then you come back over here, and you're like, wow, my friend or my child is going through this. Okay, I can do that. Wow, God, you're calling me to build this business. You're calling me to onboard these new team members. Okay, now how can I get to work on that? What can I do with that? Okay, God, I need to take a pause. Am I still in the right frame? Am I still going in the right direction? Is my major still where you want me to be? Okay, God, let me shift it a little. Let me come back over here and begin to work at it and begin to set it up and begin to get it ready. And God, as I'm having faith, I know you're gonna cross my paths with somebody that I need to cross paths with. And I know that you're going to lead and guide every opportunity and every step. Can I tell you, this is the rhythm that I can tell you I've lived my life in for the past few years. God, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work what you've given me. I read a quote the other day that was like, some people pray for a cake. And then when God gives them the flour and the eggs and the water and the oil, they sit there and say, God, where's the cake? Where's the cake? That's what I pray for. Some of you, God's given you what you need. God's put you in the church family you need. Stop saying, well, someday, if. Well, what about when? Well, if my job were, could we start creating with what we have, with the team that we have? Man, you're not going to go buy an executive team on Amazon. You're going to work who God's put in your paths. 
It's this work and faith. Your children are not just going to turn into who you want them to turn into. Your marriage is not just going to become this marriage that you want. It's working what God puts in your path. God, what do you want me and Elijah to do? And as he gives that to us, then we begin to work it, keeping our eyes focused, which is so, I love it because these girls are looking at each other. Isn't that what we do? We keep our eyes on the work and the faith, the rhythm of it, going back and forth. Back and forth. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.